0: Praise the Lord. I believe these are significant times that we are living in. Would you please take up your Bible and turn to Ephesians chapter 6? Firstly, lift up your Bible. Did you bring your Bible to church this morning? Okay, good. Just check it. Please just nudge the person gently in the ribs next to you. Check that they're still breathing, that they didn't pass out somewhere along the way. Now, I'm sharing this morning a message. Entitled Awareness of Our Spiritual Battle. Last week we began with a message. Actually, the week before, we touched on report back from the Mighty Men Conference. We also spoke about how Angus shared a message that God has called us to be watchmen. And the watchmen need to be awake and need to be alert and ready to sound the trumpet so that we as the people of God can rise up and respond. Then, last Sunday spoke about moving from passivity to authority. It's actually a message I would recommend you consider getting if you missed last Sunday. Now, this is awareness of our spiritual battle. And if we turn to Ephesians chapter 6, let's read it together from verse 10, reading up to verse 20. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong. In the Lord, and in the power of His might, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles or schemings of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet, that's old terminology, tell your kids to shod your feet, put on your tackies, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, Paul says also pray for me. That utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Interesting, here Paul is in prison, and he says, he doesn't say pray for me that I would be set free from prison. (laughs) He says pray for me that I will speak the word boldly because he just determined wherever he is, he's going to be used of God. This little passage of Scripture is one of the most um, interesting and relevant in the Scripture relating to spiritual warfare and awareness for you and I to understand and engage in the spiritual realm in a way that is biblically accurate and correct. Four aspects I want to share with you this morning. The first is, number one, the only genuine power that we can possess is found in the Lord. Does anybody say amen? The only genuine power that you and I can possess is found in the Lord. It says in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. God is saying this. He says, I want my sons and my daughters to be strong in my power. That's what God wants you to look like. He wants you to look like you are standing firm. He wants you to look like you aren't cowering down or lying on the floor sleeping, but in terms of your spiritual position, that you are standing firm, that you are standing strong in the power of His might. Sadly, for many Christians, the opposite is true. For many Christians, there is not a picture of standing strong in the power of the Spirit. But many of us are in a place of being defeated. Maybe not totally, maybe partially. Many of us sit with tremendous discouragement. All sorts of things that try to sit on our shoulders and burdens and heaviness that weighs us down. But God hasn't called us to carry heavy burdens. His yoke is easy and His burden is light. But He's called us to be people that are free. He's called us to be people that stand firm and stand strong in Him. And I want to say to you today, you might feel, well, John, I actually can relate to what you're saying about the weakness thing, because I feel very weak. I feel very defeated. But I want to encourage you today, I believe that this word is coming forth today because God wants to take us to a place of being strong. God wants to take us to a place of being clothed in His power. His power. It's not our own. His power. I heard Miles Monroe once say, everyone wants power. Whether it is financial power, influential power, military power, power to change circumstances, or spiritual power. The bottom line is, actually, we all want power. When you're applying for that promotion in your working environment, actually you're wanting power. You're wanting greater influence in that company. You're wanting that higher salary because it can do things for you. It can change your life. You're wanting power. That's not a bad thing, but it is just something to realize. America wants financial power. And through all the years, they've been like the superpower of the world in many ways, in many aspects. But the Americans can't stand the fact that their dollar is not as strong as it used to be. They can't stand the fact that the euro has risen to higher strengths than their dollar because everybody wants power. Nations want power. Individuals want power. And the Americans want their currency to be the strongest. The Chinese government, they want military power. They want military might. This is just something in human nature that we actually seek after power. The world also has this strange fascination with supernatural power. And if you just think for a moment of the movies that have come out in the last five years, let's say, all the movies that have come out in the last five years, how many of them Uh, are in some way speaking about spiritual things. I mean, 25 years ago, it wasn't nearly as prevalent as today. Now there's a tremendous focus on spirituality. And for the most part, a lot of it is wrong spirituality. But it just shows you that there is, in the human nature, a fascination with power, and in particular, with spiritual power. Now, the enemy offers a cheap imitation of God's power. The devil's power is easy to come by, but God offers us the real thing. Does anybody say amen? God offers us the real power of His might to equip us, to cause us to stand strong, to cause us to walk in victory. God offers us the real thing. Evil power is actually easy to come by you can just go play a few occult games and within a few minutes you can begin to move things around you can begin to have contact with the demonic realm you can experience little acts of power just by playing a few occult type games but God's power doesn't come easily God's power comes through things like servanthood, humility, abiding in Jesus Christ. God's power comes through being Christ-like. God's power comes through waiting on God. Then you will receive power and mount up on God's power comes through pressing in. He doesn't just give you power. But if your heart is right and you really begin to seek after the Lord, He begins to pour out His power into your life. You begin to experience that there's not, it's not your own strength that you're living in, but God is strengthening you with mighty power by His Spirit on the inner man. That's what the Word of God says. In 1 Samuel 17.45, David said to Goliath, He said, You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Don't you like that picture? The power that we operate in is, listen to this, the power of the Lord. The power that we operate in is the power of the Lord. Yesterday, as I was typing up those very words, as I was just typing them up, I was like... Say it again, man. The power of the Lord. I could just feel the the sense of God's presence as I was typing those words. He is the only true source of power. 1 John 4 verse 4 says, He who is in you, that's Jesus, is greater than he who is in the world. Our God is and has the greatest power. Number one, the only genuine power that we can possess is found in the Lord our God. Number two, the type of enemy we face. The type of enemy that you and I face is primarily a spiritual enemy. It says in verse 12 of Ephesians 6, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts, Of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, let's just look at that for a moment because we need to understand the type of enemy that we're facing. Yes, the enemy that we're facing is a spiritual enemy. But specifically, there are four kinds of spirit rebels, I would like to call them. There are four kinds of spirit rebels that you and I wrestle against. According to the scripture, the first one is. Principalities. Now if if we say that we wrestle against principalities, what does that mean? Principalities. Well, as I looked it up, principalities are beings of the highest rank in Satan's kingdom. That's what a principality is. Principal first, foremost, like a principal of a school. He's the head of a school, okay? Principalities. We wrestle against principalities which are beings of the highest rank in Satan's kingdom. Also, secondly, we, we wrestle against powers. Now, powers are those who carry out the order of those other beings, Powers are those who carry out the orders and actually do the thing that the principality instructs it to do. That's what powers are. Thirdly, rulers are evil spirit world rulers. For instance, you can go into a particular area, a geographical area, and there's a spirit ruler over a particular area. Let's say you go to the area in Amsterdam where there is a lot of prostitution, I believe that there is a spirit ruler over that area. Whatever that ruler may be called, the spirit of sexual immorality or perversion, there's spirit rulers that rule over certain areas that we also do warfare against. And fourthly, is principalities, rulers, sorry, principalities, powers, rulers, and fourthly, spiritual hosts of wickedness. This is the many low ranking evil spirits. That's why it speaks about the hosts of wickedness. It also in the Bible it speaks about the hosts of heaven. Of heaven. This is Jesus with all his angels. Now, the hosts of wickedness is the devil with all his demons, all the low-ranking demons. So these are the four kinds of spirit rebels that you and I have been anointed to pray against and wrestle against. Now, when you think of these kinds of spirit rebels... It makes me realize that we need the power of the Lord. Amen? It makes me realize you never want to try to take on these forces of darkness in your own power and strength. We saw that in the New Testament, that a group of disciples that weren't connected with Jesus, they tried to do that. And the enemy eventually said, well, who are you? And then they, the, 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 these people possessed by demons beat them up. They got beat up by the demons. Ha, ha, ha. But you know what? You will never get beat up by the demonic realm if you are in the power of the Lord's might. And you will be greater and you will prevail if you are in the power of the Lord's might. And I just want to say to you, although looking at the enemy here can be quite a a daunting thing, I want to tell you that there's nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear. When you hear somebody manifesting demonically and beginning to shriek, there is nothing that you need to fear because you are washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus. you stand standing in His power. Don't ever be fearful when demonic things manifest. You just say, thank you, Lord Jesus. That person is going to come free. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus over me. So we are not at war with physical people. However, those spirit rebels are influencing physical people. For instance, I was thinking of the nation of Libya. I know of some Christian organizations that are beginning to work into the nation of Libya. It's basically closed to the gospel. But underground, lots is happening. Underground, the church is beginning to arise, and more and more people are beginning to be saved. Now, how do you pray for a country like Libya? Do you pray against the president? Do you pray against the government? No, no, no. Instead of praying against, you pray into the spiritual realm, into the principalities, the powers, the rulers, the forces of darkness, the evil demons. You pray into that area. And the Bible actually says that we must pray for those in authority. So you don't pray against a government that you don't like. You pray into the spiritual realm. We pray into the spiritual realm, not against. Now, number three, the armor that we have been given. Number two was the type of enemy that we face. Number three, the armor that we have been given. Look again at Ephesians 6, verse 14. I hope you've still got it there. 14 to 17, it says, Stand therefore, having girded your your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the armor of God. Now, listed in there is six different aspects of spiritual armor. Five of them are defensive aspects. Five of them are aspects of protection. And just to mention them, they are the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, gospel-ready shoes, as, as I'd like to call them, the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation. Those are things that you protect yourself with. Those are defensive items of armor. There's five of them, but one The next one is offensive armor. This is the armor that you attack with, which is the sword of the Spirit. Now, I remember a drama that I saw years ago. And uh, this drama was being performed on stage. And there was a guy on stage acting the part of the devil. And there was a young believer on stage. So this guy who's acting the part of the devil, he says, Hello, good afternoon. I am Mr. B.L. Zibub. What are you doing? So the believer says, no, I'm wanting the armor of God. He says, is it? Wow, I can help you out. I've got just the thing you need. So the, the believer says, well, I'm looking for the belt of truth. He says, no, 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 my friend, you don't need the belt of truth. You need the string." of sincerity. So he hands him a string and he puts the string around it. And then the guy says, no, well now I need the breastplate of righteousness. He says, no, you don't. You need the badge of being nice. That's what you need. So they put on a little badge of being nice instead of righteousness. Then the believer says, well I'm looking for the shoes of the gospel. Beelzebub says to him, you don't need that. You need the laces of love. Just put these laces around your feet. Enjoy the laces of love. He says, okay, now I'm looking for the shield of faith. Shield! No, no, no. You need the umbrella of belief. You need the umbrella of belief because you can hide behind it. Trust me, it'll work wonders. It'll work wonders. They won't even know that you're there if you hide behind it. Then the guy says, no, well, I'm looking for the helmet of salvation. And the enemy says, well, I can offer you the cap of good works. And it will keep the sun out of your eyes. Lastly, the guy says, well, I think there's still one thing I need. I need the sword of the Spirit. So the guy says, I've got something better than that. And it can fit in your pocket. It's the pocket knife of wise sayings and good proverbs. And so at the end, you've got this guy dressed on stage with basically nothing. But the enemy has lied to him, giving them the perception that he is prepared for battle. But you know what? God has given us the real armor of God. He has given us what we need to be able to put out those fiery darts of the enemy. He has given us what we need to be able to be protected in the time of war. When the enemy comes against us, we have protection. You are protected. Say that to the person next to you. You are protected by the armor of God. Also, I want to say that we... I kind of think we have this thing of we always need to put on the armor of God. And I've known of people that every morning they go through a little ritual and they put on the helmet of salvation. They put on the breastplate of righteousness. They put on the belt of truth. They put, yeah, one by one, they put on all these different things. And if they go out into the day and they haven't done it, then they feel condemned. You know what? I believe it's not about some sort of a prayer ritual, but it's about you and I being continually clothed. In the armor of God, as we walk in the ways of the Lord, we are clothed with the armor of God. And simply put, this whole thing of the armor of God simply means this. That we should continually be clothed in truth, righteousness, faith, salvation, and with God's word. That's simply what it means. So don't confuse this thing of the armor of God. Don't get into bondage about having to do a ritual every day. All it speaks about is continually being clothed with truth, with righteousness, with salvation, with faith, and with God's word. Now, something I'd like to point out which kind of lifts a burden in terms of this. In verse 11, uh, it says, put on the whole armor of God. Now, the Greek word used here is enduo. Interesting, it's the same, verse, uh, same word used in Luke 24, verse 49, where Jesus said, But wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. In other words, I believe that you and I don't need to put on the armor of God, but we must endure the armor of God. We must allow God... To endue us with his armor. And I find that quite liberating because the putting on sounds like something I've got to do. But being endued by the armor of God is something that I allow God to do on my behalf. So why don't you just say, Thank you, Lord, that you endue me with the power of God and with your armor. Thank you, Lord that you've given me all the armor that I need. Endue me with it today. Thank you, Lord, that the enemy will not be successful as he tries to attack. Also in verse, uh, verse 13, it says there, having done all, comma, to stand. And I discovered as I was preparing that that is actually a military term. Having done all to stand. What it means is, now that you've conquered the enemy, stand, And be ready for the next battle. Stand victorious and be ready again. When we are uh, aware of the spiritual warfare that we're engaged in, there's never a time when we just go curl up and assume the fetal position or something. You know what? After you've had war with the enemy, you stand again. You stand firm in the power of God, endued with His armor, ready for whatever the enemy brings against you again, and God will give you the power to withstand the attacks of the enemy, and you will be victorious. Number four, lastly, which is brief, the priority of prayer. Ephesians 6 verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Folks, if you haven't stepped into this thing of praying in the Spirit, i.e. praying in a heavenly language Make an appointment with your overseeing shepherd or your life group leader and say, I want to receive this gift of the Spirit in terms of baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of speaking in tongues. Because if you and I want to engage in spiritual warfare, we have to have this aspect of praying in the Spirit. I don't know what I would do. Derek Buffett I don't know what we would do without being able to pray in the Spirit. It's so important that we can pray in the Spirit. I think of last Sunday. You remember when we were praying together? It, it reached a level of just such excitement. And suddenly God spoke a vision to somebody. And we saw the vision there. And we saw those swords going up like wisps. Entering uh, all becoming one massive sword. And God doing things in the spiritual realm. Praise God for the authority that we have as we begin to pray in the Spirit. Prayer is not specifically mentioned as part of the armor of God, but it is hugely important when it comes to spiritual warfare. Also, I want to say, folks, on the 22nd of uh, May, we've got the global day of prayer coming up. I want to ask that you would be here, on that day, and that you would present yourself ready to pray. There's other times when we can pray. Before the service, you're always invited. Quarter past eight in the prayer chapel, you're invited to come and pray. Also, every Friday morning, nine o'clock in the boardroom, we have a time of prayer. These are some prayer meetings. But above that, God calls us to walk in a lifestyle of prayer. This past Wednesday, we had Pastor Harold Weitz from Little Falls Church speaking at Love Pretoria East. And he's a man who's passionate about prayer. And he did what no other speaker has done. He arrived very early for the meeting, and he immediately came in. He said, hello, hello, but it looked like he hardly was interested in us. And he said, where can I go and pray? So we're like, ooh, prayer room, prayer room, prayer room. And we led him off to one side into one of the back rooms, and he began to pray. And he stayed there for a long time, praying and praying and praying. And he did come out full of the Spirit. And you know what I believe that God is saying to us as a nation and as a church? Is that it's time to raise the level of our prayer. It's time to raise the amount of time you spend in prayer. And I believe that the Lord is speaking to us as a nation. The word that I shared last week, also from Pastor Harold Weitz, I read it to you, that there's a seven-month opportunity, window of opportunity in our nation in which God is expecting the church to begin to pray, in which God is calling the government to accountability. These are strategic times, and I'm saying to you, are you praying? Are you praying? When you're driving along in your car, you pray. When you're busy getting ready in the morning, when you're in the shower, pray. If you don't know what words to pray, then pray in your heavenly language. In conclusion, 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, "'Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him and stand steadfast in the faith.'" Notice it says the enemy is like a roaring lion. He will always try to counterfeit God, but God is the Lion of Judah. He's the roaring Lion of Judah. And He has brought His power to be upon us. He has endued us with His spiritual armor. Surely we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Amen! Amen! Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. And I thank You that each one of us can stand strong in the Lord. I pray that You would take any of us that are in a place of weakness to a place of strength and to a place of power. Lord, we say we love You, we bless You, Thank you that we've been privileged to be here today. I say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up the light of His smile upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, everybody. You're free to go. Have a lovely Mother's Day.